Hey, Doing Ministry Well listeners, it's November. We're going to run this segment every week of this month asking for your help. If you found the show to be of value to you, would you consider making a donation to help keeping the show going? If you can donate, you can donate over at doingministrywell.com. If you can't at this time, we completely understand there's other ways you can help us out. Please generously share this show with your friends on social media. Also, you can help us out by going over to iTunes and rating and commenting. I think right now we only have about three comments on our show, and so it'd be awesome if we could fill that comment section up. Thank you guys so much. Have a happy November, and enjoy the show. Inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. Audible.com and Doing Ministry Well have teamed up to bring you a free 30-day trial so that even if you don't have time to sit down and read a book, you can listen to some of the great resources that are shared here. Sign up at audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. All right, thank you guys for checking in to another episode of Doing Ministry Well. We are here in Franklin, Tennessee, and uh, we have Carla Nelson on the show. Carla, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, Carla's actually my neighbor, which is pretty cool, and uh, you were the first person recommended to me on the street that I should connect with. So <laughs> I met uh, Keith Davis, and, and when he heard about what we were doing, he's like, you've got to connect with Carla. She's in seminary. And you gotta... <laughs> So it's fun that we got to I go to, that. yeah, we got to go to coffee in October and just kind of connect. So yeah, pretty, pretty exciting stuff. But yes, it is. when we uh, connected last time, you said that you had gotten, uh, become a Christian kind of later on in life. Can mm-hmm. you just tell me about your conversion experience? Yeah. Yeah. So I was raised Catholic and I went to church every Sunday, just like most Catholics do. And when I was a senior in college, a girl shared the gospel with me and the backstory on her she was um, her name is Marin and she had been praying for me for two years and had been asking me to hang out consistently and I had noticed that she had a ring on her finger with a cross so I was like Jesus free Mm. no thank you (laughs) So I legit turned her down every time she wanted to hang out for two years. And then I saw her talking to a boy that I had a crush on. And so selfishly, I was like, perfect. I'll use Marin to talk to this boy. And God had another plan in store because I reached out to Marin and said, hey, let's get coffee. And it was at that coffee date that she shared the gospel with me. And I wouldn't typically have thought that I would have responded well to that Mm -hmm. but I love learning I love school and so when Marin shared the gospel in the way she did and she did it really well she just told the story Hmm. and I remember being very taken back because I was thinking how have I been going to church for 21 years and not heard this story Hmm. and not that that's the case for everyone that is Catholic because I know many Catholics that have a very rich faith, but I think there is, you can go through the motions and I definitely was. So over the course of that summer, I really took a hard look at myself and started reading the Bible and that summer was my conversion experience. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, What are you doing for work right now? So I work for... SC Johnson. We make Ziploc and Windex and all kinds of household products that everyone uses. And I am here because Dollar General is based here, so they're my customer. So okay. I sell Ziploc bags into Dollar General. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> and you're also taking your last class in seminary right now? Yes. So I am 
This is my fifth and a half year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It is. And is there a focus for your seminary degree? So it is a master's in theological studies with an emphasis in marriage and family therapy. Okay. I started thinking I was going to do the marriage and family therapy, but then I switched things as I went. Cool. Yeah. What uh, What's gotten you kind of into that focus? Well, I think becoming a Christian later, I I really felt like I missed a lot of that knowledge and Mm. just learning about Jesus. Uh And I was craving that. And I knew that I wanted to go back to school for my master's at some point. I think I just assumed I would go get my MBA because I was in business. Uh And as I was studying for the GMAT, I realized the only reason I was doing that was because it made logical sense. Uh And then God just kind of showed me the marriage and family therapy program in a seminary. And I was like, sign me up. And things just kind of unraveled after that. But it was really in my time in seminary where I I noticed my love for theology. And that really came to life. I hadn't had an opportunity up until that point to really see that passion come out. So that's why I switched it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, How long would you say that you've been in ministry? I don't know. I mean, I, I... I actually, if I'm really honest, would say a year. Uh And the reason why I say that is that I think I've always thought of ministry as a very church thing. Sure. You do that if you work in a church. And it wasn't until I moved here that I, I mean, I I know that you can make an impact in anyone's life, Uh but... I don't think that I started taking that seriously in work until last year at this time. Hmm, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been the highlight of your time in ministry? Hmm, I think, well, I know it's when people at work comment that there's something different about me. Hmm. And the thing that they're commenting about is not me at all. It's about God. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so how that usually is shared is in a very genuine way, someone saying there's something different and you care about a bigger picture. Hmm. And that is super encouraging because yeah. sometimes you wonder if people just think you're being kind or if they know that there's something so much more than that. Hmm. And obviously I'm not always kind. Like I still, you know, I'm not always the sweetest when things go wrong but i think when people notice and they comment it's super encouraging that's awesome Mm -hmm. um yeah so what is your what does your day look like and how are you preparing in the workplace for for ministry so i work from home which is amazing um but typically what i do is when i get up i spend like an hour or so with jesus and i just journal and I pray and I read devotionals and I've always really enjoyed that. Um, so it is a discipline, but it really is just something that's a delight at the same time. And then I just, you know, go straight over to my desk and start working. (laughs) Yeah, it is really nice. Um, yeah, the flip side of kind of the highlight, what's been the biggest struggle in ministry and how do you feel like you've overcome it? So... The biggest struggle is remembering the bigger picture Hmm. because I think it's really easy 
to forget our purpose here. Hmm. And I remember, I'll give you a story. I remember when I, like a year ago, so when kind of I had mentioned that I feel like I really started doing ministry in the workplace. About a year ago, um, when I took this job, I interact with people on the phone and on email all all day long. Mm -hmm. And there was this woman and she was so difficult and I was pulling my hair out about it because she was just so frustrating. Nothing I did was okay. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I I never responded with compassion ever. And I was, cause I just was like, this woman's crazy. Like she's, she doesn't realize that she's crazy, but she is. And then I took a step back and it was all God. And it was after probably like two months of working with her. And I felt like God showed me that she just had hard things in her life. And it was a moment where then compassion entered in and I no longer saw how she was being as anything to do with me. And I just, I realized in that moment, unless I'm different to her, she has no reason to think differently about the way she's doing things. And now almost a year later, I still work with her. She's still unhappy, but I have such a soft heart for her because, and I pray for her. I do because I know that she's not being that way to me because she wants to. She just, she doesn't know Jesus. That's what, you know? So I think it's just a struggle when you're in a non-traditional form of ministry to remember that you can still do ministry. Mm, That's good. That's really good. You you mentioned kind of remembering the big picture and you kind of mentioned your uh, discipline in the morning. What does that look like? How are you reminding yourself daily kind of of the bigger picture? Mm -hmm. So it always involves coffee. Nice. (laughs) It has to involve coffee. Necessities, yes. <laughs> uh, but I, so I actually use the Book of Common Prayer. That has been something that I have gotten into recently. Mm-hmm. And it's because when I was in college, so right when I became a Christian, a group of girls and I did this reading plan. And it was a chapter a day. And then every other day, you just followed, you followed like Genesis, chapter a day, mm-hmm. but then every other day you do a chapter in the New Testament. Hmm. And at the beginning of my walk as a Christian, I felt like I was saturated in scripture and I loved it. Hmm. And then for whatever reason, I totally got out of that and I never stopped my morning time. I just stopped being intentional about what I was reading. Hmm. And so last year I was introduced at randomly, I don't even know how, to the Book of Common Prayer. And it's just a, it's very liturgical, Mm -hmm. but I like that kind of thing. And it gives you one New Testament and one Old Testament, and you go through the story. And so I start with that, and then I read a devotional. So right now I'm using a Lent devotional, Mm -hmm. because it's Lent. And then I journal about things that I... I pray for others and I actually keep a journal specifically for the prayers for other people Hmm. because I have realized that if we don't track what we're praying, we forget how many prayers God answers. Hmm. And it's been amazing 
I just started this journal a year ago and it's been so cool to look back even at like the smallest things and think, oh my gosh, I prayed for that. <laughs> so that's that's how it looks. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go back to this phrase, uh, remembering the bigger picture. I heard you say it a couple times. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to kind of explain to me what that means for you. So for me, it's constantly reminding myself that I am here to show people Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is actually a bigger battle than for me than it might be for other people. And the reason for that is I'm very I'm very prone to be self-focused mm-hmm. in like you know, making myself better and whatever that may be, reading more books, gaining more knowledge, running more miles. I mean, the list could go on and on. And I think that some of that's good because Jesus wants us to be refined, Mm -hmm. but it's not just so we can be refined. Mm. It's so we can show people Jesus. And it's so easy for me to forget that. So that's the bigger picture. I mean, the bigger picture isn't so that I end up a better person. It's so that more people know Jesus Mm. because I'm more like Jesus. That's good. That's really good. I just heard a, a Bill Johnson um, just quote from a interview that he did, and he said someone was asking him about uh, just how to grow in in Jesus, and he just said two things: grow in your affection for the Lord and get over yourself. Yeah. Like, yes. And I was yes. Just like, Man, that's so so good. It so. is. It is so. It's so good. All right, Carla, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be back in a little bit and you can give us three practical tips on how to do ministry well. Sounds great. If you haven't checked out the new doingministrywell.com website, check it out. We chose Swissco to do our overhaul and are so happy with the results. Swissco makes ministry websites beautiful and hassle-free. Schedule a free consultation today at swissco.us. Hi, this is Brian Ensminger. If you enjoy doing ministry well, we'd really appreciate it if you'd check out the Engaging Missions show, where we deliver God's stories to your earbuds. You can find us at engagingmissions.com. All right, and we're back. We are here with Carla Nelson, and uh, she's been having an awesome interview so far, and so I'm excited to keep going. Carla, what are three practical tips that you could give our listeners on how to do ministry well? All right, so number one, I would say to remember that actions are the only thing that change the world. Hmm. Say it again. Actions are the only thing that change the world. And the reason why that's my number one very practical tip is because I, for many years, was all about what I believed, especially right after I became a Christian. Hmm. And then it dawned on me that it really doesn't matter what I believe if that does not change how I live. Hmm. Number two, as a practical tip, is to avoid using the world's scale. Avoid using the way the world measures things. And I mean that just, you could use that in so many, so many ways, but I'll, I'll talk about it in this context. I have a really close girlfriend who works for Compassion International, an amazing nonprofit that does incredible work throughout the world. And I'm so proud of her, and I love hearing her stories. And there are moments where I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, I need to get out of 
the for-profit world. I'm not doing any good there. That that world's so blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, no, like God needs all of us in so many different ways. Absolutely. And I think that it's a, it can be a very worldly thing to look at anything nonprofit, especially Christian nonprofit, and to think that all of us have to be working there in order to make a difference. Right. So I think just in so many ways, trying to avoid using the world scale. That's good. And the third, and this is something I've started to do recently. That's why I'm sharing it. The third is to ask yourself, how can I make someone's life better today? Hmm. And it's like the easiest question to ask yourself, but it really does change certain moments. So... I share a space with my neighbors, and they're not you. <laughs> and and we have two different um, garbage trash trash bins. And every Tuesday, when it's trash day, I have the thought in my head: Should I really bring theirs out to the driveway too? It's like an extra, you know, twenty steps, but it's cold. <laughs> And when I ask myself this question, you know, how can I make someone's life better today? It's like, yes, I should. That will make them, that will make it easier for for them. Mm. And it's just like such a simple thing, but it really does cause you to look at the small moment to moment changes that you can make in someone's life. That's good. That's good. Let's go back to number one right now, because all of these were really good and really refreshing to hear as well. Um, you kind of just talked about what you know doesn't matter if you, if it doesn't change your life. Do you have a specific example of kind of an aha moment of that happening in your life? Oh my gosh, yes. So I have now been a Christian for almost 10 years. And for the first eight years, truly, I thought it was all about what I believed. Hmm. So there were certain things that I did differently Maybe I had more guilt about certain things that I was doing. Um, But I just never took seriously that I was being called to live in a very different way. Mm. I always felt like that was a big burden. It did not feel free to me. Mm. And so many people talk about Christianity as being a free thing. Mm -hmm. So I was super confused because I'm like, no, it's not free. This is so burdensome to live so differently. Mm. And the only thing I can really attribute it to is the grace of God that at some point he started to show me that everything he was calling me to do and be and act in those, you know, different ways was not burdensome. It was freeing to me because it was protecting me from mm. something. It was for my best. Yeah. And now that I've been really living under that for two years, it is freeing. Hmm. And and that's how, I mean, that is, that is, that is where the joy is. To actually get delight out of following Jesus and aligning our life to his. Hmm. And I don't know, I, it, 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 yeah, I hope that answers the yeah, question. So good, so good. And then and number two, you, you you talked a little bit about just avoiding the world scale and kind of your struggle with that. Just kind of unpack that a little bit more um, because I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this. Yeah. So 
I think that it's easy to look around. I mean, it's not just easy. It's, it's everything about our culture tells us what we should want, tells us how we should be, tells us how we should look. And if we aren't, I mean, think about the saturation of that. It's at a level that we can't really even control. So if we don't think that that influences us, we're being very naive. And the only way to counter that effect is to saturate yourself with scripture. I forget who said it. I think it was maybe Charles Spurgeon. I could be wrong on that, but he said, if you poke someone, they should bleed scripture. And I can't remember if it was him or my pastor, so I apologize, but they said that's exactly what happened when Jesus bled, is he said, you know, why have you forsaken me? Which is straight out of previous scripture, I think, in Psalm. So I think that we have to be intentional about reading the word. And I know that to some people that's that feels very legalistic or, you know, you got to do this. But I just think it's for our own good. And the word is alive and it can be really rich if we invest in it. That's awesome. This is so good. We should just sit and it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's been inspiring you lately? Is there any books or resources that have just really, really, really served as inspiration for you? Gosh, I feel like there's so many, but the one that I have to go to, which is, is and I mentioned it earlier, is the Book of Common Prayer. It's been something that I've been really excited about lately. I wish that I had a juicier answer for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you did mention another, your kind of favorite, we were talking about books earlier. Yes, yes. Okay, so favorite book ever is Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. And it's deep. And you're not going to understand every word. <laughs> but it's so worth the read. And yeah. I could read it over and over again, and it would keep changing my life that's awesome what do you feel like some of those takeaways were so one thing that he talks a lot about is mystery Hmm. and that so often and you know he obviously wrote this in a different time and in in a different culture but so often we want concrete answers we want logic and people get uncomfortable when we don't have specific proof but he just really the way that he explains the purpose of mystery nobody could argue with it i mean it's just brilliant and that's how his book is set up it it reminds me a lot of c.s lewis mere christianity Mm -hmm. but on a different level so i just highly recommend it i mean it blew my mind that's awesome last question if somebody's listening and they're just kind of in in the workforce in the for profit mm-hmm. um, realm, and they really want to be doing ministry, and they're and they're feeling that struggle of viewing their life um, on the world scale, what mm-hmm. would your word of advice be to them? Mm-hmm. One, it would be to um, be encouraged. One that you even have the desire 
for ministry. I mean, that shows you something right there Mm. that you want to show people Jesus. So be encouraged by that. And two, keep praying because there are some people that will have that desire. And it's because at some point God wants them to be called out of the business for profit world Mm -hmm. and into that. So keep praying about it. But three, stop comparing. (laughs) Because I think that if you constantly look at traditional ministry and think you can't have an impact because you're not in that, you're really not giving yourself enough credit. Yeah, that's good. And it's, in my opinion, you're letting yourself off the hook for the role that you actually could be playing. So good. So good. I love it. Good. Carla, would you just, um, yeah, close us out uh, by praying for our listeners? Yes. Yes, I would love that. Lord, I thank you so much for this time, and I thank you for each and every individual that is listening. And I just praise you that you love each and every one of us, and you are at work in our lives, and you will never stop that work. And it's a beautiful, rich, rewarding work. And all we need to do is follow you and take your yoke, which is light and easy. And Father, I just pray for anyone listening that is struggling to know you or to see you or to feel your presence. And I just pray that you would remind them how much you love them and that you would be bold and in their face about your presence. I thank you so much for the ministry Jim is doing, and I just pray an extra blessing over this ministry. We love you so much. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Carla, thank you so much. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions on who we should interview next, contact us at doingministrywell.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at jimjessbaker.com. That's jimjessasinjessicabaker.com.